Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We are so excited to have you listen. As I have had opportunities to travel and, uh, and speak at different events around the country, I run into more and more people who are listeners of the podcast. And so I want to say hi to all you out there, all you regulars. It's been so good to meet you, and it's glad I'm glad to have you listening. So thank you for saying hello. Listen, you guys can always drop us a message if you enjoy the podcast. Look, uh, come to the... The, uh, the Facebook page for Lifeway Kids, and you can find the episodes that are all pushed out through that uh, to you. So if you listen to the podcast and you are not finding your episodes on uh, through Lifeway Kids, you can go to the Facebook page of Lifeway Kids and you hit like and follow, and you will get all these episodes and blog posts and things pushed right into your feed. And then you can comment on them and you can share them and you can t- let us know why you enjoy listening. So it's great to meet all of you. Thank you so much for listening. I just want to send my greeting out to my friends in Georgia and Oklahoma and all over the country. It's been so great to meet you. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that uh, as this idea arose, I thought, boy, who would be a great person to talk about this? And, And I decided that that person would be my good friend and a wonderful member of our kids camps team who's worked with Student Life for Kids and Centra Kid, a man who really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, Logan Meek. Hi, Logan. Hey, Chuck. Good to be on the podcast today. You, I know. Uh, How was that for a setup? Y- y- it's really good. I wish I could have that kind of introduction everywhere I go, you know, <laughs> like just constantly uh, showering praise, but I, I feel like I'm in the... I'm in the middle of the good stuff being here with you and Trey on the podcast. It's oh. Trey's here too. Hey, Trey, how's it going? Hey, how's it Trey's going? Trey's always here in the background making it happen, you know? <laughs> he is. Trey is the man with the machine. If his technology doesn't work, none of you hear anything. And it's it just true. sounds like this. That's not a good sound. Exactly That's not like a good that. sound. <laughs> Never. Dead air is not a good thing. So thank you, Trey, for keeping us on task. Uh, and helping us run the timer, too, so that we know when it's time to stop talking. That's another important part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, Logan, I noticed today as we sit here that you are wearing a Kentucky shirt. Yeah, man. Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky's home. Born and raised in Lexington. So uh, I bleed blue, as do as do many people. And as we record this, it's basketball season. It is. Yep. We're, and- we're about to get into the heat of March Madness. It's the best time of the year. I, uh, I usually try to find a way on those that first weekend of March Madness if I can put in for vacation or find a way to get out of work and watch like a whole day of basketball. Just so watch basketball. If my boss is listening, wow. um, so hey, I'll be asking you, for a vacation. Are you, is basketball <laughs> your favorite sport? Growing up in Kentucky, you got to love basketball, you know, um, I, so I love it. But um, it being here in Nashville, I've really picked up on hockey, too. So oh, yeah. Nashville's, Nashville's a, a hockey town. town. Go yeah. Preds. Go yeah. Preds. Go Preds. Fangs, whatever. Yeah. yeah fang fingers. Uh, so, but did you now, are you a fan to watch basketball or did you actually play? I, I love to play. Um, baseball and track were my sports in okay. school. But, um, you know, watching Kentucky basketball, if, if there's any Big Blue listeners out there, you know, you know. And if you're in, if you're part of the Big Blue Nation, you get it. And if, if you're not, then you probably don't like us, but that's just because we're the best. <laughs> you're, are you saying you're like the New England Patriots of college basketball? Yeah, or maybe, maybe the Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh, or, oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So we don't have to get into that. So, see, now that I've alienated you know, most of your listenership. So for me, see, I, so we can have that conversation, and really none of this impacts me whatsoever. So Right. I there there are people the, pulling over on the side of the road right now right to, now, to get out like, and scream. Ah. So I grew up in the Northeast, so okay. New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And for me, college football is, you know, Rutgers, 
this we, so there's really no heritage of college football in New Jersey. Yeah, it's not Rut- there. Rutgers has had Princeton a had tough a really good team in the mid '90s. Okay. Yeah. Anyhow, so and but basketball. My dad is from Syracuse, and so I have orange in the family line. So I've always been a fan of Syracuse. One of the places I'd love to see a game is up in the Carrier Dome. Oh man, how great would that be? Yeah, it's so. No, okay. So speaking of which, you're going to see a game tonight. This is why you're wearing the shirt. Yeah, man, going to go watch the Kentucky Wildcats take on uh, Vandy there in Memorial Gym, and so Vanderbilt. Yeah, if if it's a bad result, we might have to come back and record this whole thing again tomorrow, (laughs) so we can take this part out. The thing is that no one will ever know. I mean, unless they go and search this this date and time and figure out how the game turned out. But you, I just, I'm happy to acknowledge that you get to go and enjoy a game and watch your team here in the town where you live. So Looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. That's a fun so. thing. No, you going with friends? You going alone? Yeah, a couple other, a uh, couple other folks from the Lifeway team here. Um, you know, we big blue. Kentucky fans, we find each other and we run together. So. Now, are you so? Just la- last question on this, and then we'll get on to our topic for the day. Are you? If I was going to the game with you, are you going to do things that embarrass me? Are you like a face painter? Not a are face you gonna, painter. Like, are you going to paint something on your chest? And Chuck, you- I'm I'm normally pretty uh, pretty reserved and like pretty pretty even keel, you know. But when you're at a road game for basketball or any kind of sport, but especially basketball. You gotta represent you, your team. You just never know in the in the heat of the emotion what uh, what you're gonna do. And so um, if you're easily embarrassed, you might not want to sit next to me because right. uh, you, you'd be maybe going out to the concession stand. But I'm not easily embarrassed. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't expect, uh, yeah, I don't expect any crazy tonight though. But you never know. All right. Well, let's let's get to our topic for the day. So we're we're talking today about expectations. So you're going into the game tonight with an expectation. You're expecting to win. You said before we went on the air, Vanderbilt 100%. has won like what one game in the last two years. Which we yeah. Vandy fans, we feel for you. We, Poor Vandy. We, you're great people. But you're going in with an expectation. Everybody loves Vandy. That your team is going to win. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I like to talk about expectations when I have the opportunity to address sure. groups of people because really every, our expectations are the biggest indicator of success and satisfaction in everything we do. We bring our expectations to every situation we enter into, and the, the situation is going to be what it is. It's the reality of what happens is how it's going to happen. The expectation we bring can either we that event can exceed our expectation it can meet our expectation or it can fall short of our expectation and so in ministry in leadership clarifying expectations for the people we lead and the people we serve is crucially important and so i i like to think about that expectation i have when i i see a hamburger commercial when i'm watching that march madness game and that that commercial comes on you know the one try the burgers like all juicy and it's I get hungry. And you're, and you're like, gee, we haven't had lunch yet today as we record this, but the cheese is like perfectly melty and the bun, the burger looks so big. It's like, how could you possibly get your mouth around that burger? And I walk into the restaurant and I s- slap the counter and I'm like, give me the number two with cheese, right? And you're like, you have this expectation as you start to unwrap it and you open it up and what you get is usually this like colorless, flat, mushy, bland looking thing right and it's just my expectation is that first picture and the reality is what i get is not what i expected i'm disappointed so we have to manage and lead expectations for the people we lead do you have an an expectation logan that you can think of that that was you went in with one expectation and something failed to meet it you had me going there with the burger story. I don't know if you I can, can relate. Yeah, I don't know if I can match that one, but I can say from my camp experience that 
oftentimes things end up going differently than what we expect them to be when yeah. we go in. And a lot of that comes just from the staff perspective when, when we travel from place to place to place with camp, you never know what you're gonna experience in the travel from one location to another. And so, yeah, I've learned a lot through that about not only managing my own expectations, but being flexible and rolling with the punches to continue to make something good, even if things don't go the way that we expected them to. Man, that's, that is exactly the kind of thing we need to talk about today. <laughs> so let's get practical a little bit. Yeah, let's do so it. Let's do we, it. Uh, is, you, know, you, you come largely from a, a good, uh, a wealth of experience in the camp space where you have led others and you have seen church leaders lead others. And, uh, and some of them do that with varying degrees of success, I would imagine. You've probably seen the really good and the really bad and everything in between, right? And so Definitely. Uh, what I want to talk about today is, is not just in regard to camps, but with any volunteer, with a team member, even as we lead other leaders, we as leaders need to be careful to, to uh, lay out for those people who are working within our ministry what it is we expect of them. And so we have six things to talk through that are uh, just kind of talk points, six highlights, six areas that we want to make sure that we're clarifying the expectation for the people that we lead. And so the first one, Logan, is active engagement. Active engagement. So if someone's going to volunteer and they're going to come with us to camp or they're going to lead on Wednesday night or Sunday morning, we don't expect that to be a passive involvement. Right. And I love starting, I love how you start with active engagement because if I'm an adult who is coming alongside a ministry at camp or in my church, it is so much better when I go all in. Like mm -hmm. when, when you go all in as a volunteer, everything is so much better. And that doesn't mean things will go perfect, but there's a, there's a huge difference between showing up and just being present in the room and when you actively engage with what's yeah. going on. Um, because I think one thing I've seen in the camp world, at least, and also at church, is that kids will mirror the kind of engagements that adults have. Oh, yeah. So, for example, if we're having a large group worship time and all of the adults are standing there with their arms crossed and uh, not like, singing. Yeah. Not and engaged. I think we can ad admit as adults, like especially in the younger side, the, the kids worship is designed to be age appropriate for them, not right. for us. Right. And so um, I would not expect an adult, for example, to be doing motions all the time when now you might do motions as you wash your dishes in the kitchen and stuff. And if you do awesome. But at church, if kids see us engage in what we're doing, they're going to be more likely to engage as well. So active yeah. engagement is, is so much. And so much of that behavior is more caught than taught. I think kids are looking for permission a lot of times. And they're, they may not be asking it out loud, but they're looking around to say, is it okay for me to, to be fully engaged in what's happening here? Or is my behavior and what I'm supposed to be doing to be um, more of an observer. And we mm -hmm. want kids to be all in with what's happening. So I think being a, a volunteer who goes all in and engages actively is just so valuable. And I think that expectation of the active engagement can relate to things like social media or telephones, cell phones too. Yeah. That kid's space, when you're in the time of ministry, it's not the time to have your phone out as a leader. And I think we need to set that expectation for the people we lead. This is a phone-free zone. It's a no-phone zone, whatever you call it. And that becomes part of our just part of the expectation is when you're there, 
we want you to practice presence and connect with the people who are right in front of you rather than be passive or distracted. Ultimately, the more that we buy into something, the easier it is to keep buying in. And it's it's a thing that keeps itself going. You know, if if we want to be all in on something, then we've got to say, I'm in. And you can't live halfway. If if you're going to be part of something and really be active and engaging there, then the, the more involved you get, the easier it is to stay engaged. LifeWay's VBS 2020 is Concrete and Cranes, and it's all about building on the love of Jesus. Concrete and Cranes VBS features content for babies through adults with age-specific curriculum to meet the distinct needs of every group. You'll also find curriculum tailored for children and adults with special needs. So no matter the age, Concrete and Cranes helps uncover the truth that he who began a good work will be faithful to carry it on to completion. To learn more, go to lifeway.com VBS where you can download free samples of program materials and join our free Directors Club. Okay, good. So that, that brings us to our second one, which is enthusiastic participation. So we want you to be actively engaged, not passive, but to also be enthusiastic in how you participate because you can participate in a way that lacks heart. Sure. And, you know, we've all been in spots where there's a room full of energy. Maybe it's a concert. Maybe it's a church service. Maybe it's a, a basketball game with Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. <laughs> um, but sometimes we walk in a room and there's a lot of energy in the room. But then other times when we find ourselves as the leaders in a situation, it might be up to us to set the energy in the room. So there's a metaphor I really like um, where if you're in a situation, you can either choose to be a thermostat uh -huh. or a thermometer. Yeah. And what that means is the thermostat says, I'm going to be the kind of person who sets the temperature yes. in the room. I want to see people mm -hmm. be excited and having fun and having energy. And so I'm going to choose to lead in that area and be excited and have fun and be full of energy. That's the thermostat. The thermometer says, I'm going to measure what it's like around me and I'm going to do whatever everybody else is doing. Yeah. And so for our volunteers to really level up and be all that they can be and use all the gifts God's put inside of them, we want to be thermostats. We want to engage in a way that, that we set the pace for what we want to see. Yeah, I love that picture. That, that, because you're right, we can set the tone or we can be cold. Yeah, and enthusiastic <laughs> doesn't have to mean always bubbly either. Right. We, we can be passionate about things and we can be fully bought into things and that doesn't require you to be the person who is getting slimed on stage. Right. But what I would say is if you have the opportunity to be the person who's getting slimed on stage, even if that's not your comfort zone, there are so many wins in saying yes in that moment instead of kind of shrinking into the background and saying, that's not really me. It right. could just be that God is continuing to open up the pathway for you to have more and more influence with the kids that you're leading. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. So when you do have those opportunities, like you said, don't don't pass up the opportunity and be a wet blanket. Yeah. At I, the, whether it's at camp or at, at church. To boil it down into one sentence, if you're serving in your church or if you're coming to camp or if you're helping adults shape expectations for that, encourage them. Just say yes more than you say no. Yeah. You know, when, when something comes up and you're not expecting it and not prepared for it, say yes. Have fun with it. It's okay. It's good. All right. So active engagement enthusiastic participation. And our third of our six expectations is relational connection. Yeah. And I, I love this part of summer camp because in kids ministry, especially 
so much of it is about relationships. Yeah. And so our adult volunteers are the, the leaders who we bring with us, the relationships that we can form with, with kids is where the magic really happens. You know, what happens at camp doesn't stay at camp either. And now sometimes, you know, the fun we have at camp, like when you're doing the belly flop contest and you're, you've got a rainbow wig on, like that part can stay at camp. But when, a, when you do that and then two months later you see a kid from your church in the hallway on a Sunday morning and you walk by and give that kid a high five, you've got some relational equity yes. that was built through investing in that relationship. And that doesn't stay at camp. Or if you're just talking about your weekly ministry time and, and you're, you've got volunteers, the, the way that we invest in those relationships will snowball and it will build mm. and influence with, even with kids is something that we, we build and we buy yeah. um, so that over time, as we invest in those relationships more and more and more, eventually they're going to see us as the people who have voice in their life. Um, and so that, I think that's true also just with uh, our relationships with our churches in general. You know, if, if you only ask, what can I get out of this, then yes. you'll never get as much out of it as if you also ask, what can I put what into I put the into people it? who are yeah. around me, you know? Well, we like to say d- discipleship happens in relationship. Mm-hmm. You can teach through a podcast. You can teach through a video. You can teach through the printed page without even being in the room or present with somebody. But discipleship implies that there's a relational connection. And so if we are going to lead kids, we really need to build relationships with them. Then, you know, they, the other saying is, you know, nobody knows cares what you know until they know that you care. And so rather than preaching at kids, if we expect our leaders to know their names, know their situations, know their concerns, and genuinely care for them, that makes a huge difference rather than just facilitating a lesson. Yeah, and I would say it's really easy to sit here and and say these things. When you get into the nuts and bolts of putting ministry into action, it's, it's always a challenge and a discipline to find the time to invest in relationships and not just get things done. But yes. if if I'm a kids ministry leader and I have volunteers who are there in my group, it is just as important, maybe more important for the, the kids ministry leader, the kids minister to invest in relationships with their volunteer leaders. Yes. That we we will see success over the long term if instead of just having a transactional relationship where volunteers get things done, that's a ministry opportunity for us to be able to invest in and disciple the people in our church. Mm. Yeah, good word. All right, number four, catalytic conversation. So it's, uh, it's merely being in the room. We talked about active engagement rather than just being in the room and not being engaged. Part of that expectation is more than just being active, right? Because that could be active playing dodgeball or, or shaving, creaming somebody. That's active engagement. But there's something special about conversation, even different than teaching. What are your thoughts on this idea of, of catalytic conversation as an expectation? Yeah, it's, uh, it's just opportunities, man. And I think in, in church and in ministry, taking the next step and having that conversation, especially at camp, can solidify what a kid's been learning. Um, and so a lot of times it's just looking at a kid and saying, what's God teaching you today? Or yeah. what did you think about that? Or just being someone who can who can listen. It's funny though, because at, at camp, a lot of times the best conversations don't happen in the Bible study times. And they definitely happen there, but it's crazy how many times it's in the cafeteria line yes. or walking to the pool or, you know, 
after lights out when everybody's supposed to be in bed and a kid remembers there's something they want to talk about and you're like, I kind of want to have this conversation, but also it's 1 a.m. Yeah, right. Like a lot of times those are the times that the conversations that are catalytic and pushing us forward in, in our spiritual growth happen. Um, and those are just really sweet moments. But important for us to identify for our leaders, hey, if you're a part of this team, look for opportunities to do more than just teach. Look for opportunities to to engage in an actual conversation with somebody, right? That's very different. Absolutely. And you don't have to be an expert to have a catalytic conversation, yeah. right? Like even if you're a volunteer who has never done anything with your kid's ministry and you're coming for the first time, you can still impact the life of a kid. You're there because God can use you. And so mm-hmm. it would be it would be really sad if we didn't all lean into that opportunity and say, Lord, how can you use us to to help kids be more like you. Excellent. All right, so expectation number five for our volunteers, supportive supervision. Supportive supervision. We kind of we we need to not be the only adult in the room as the leader, right? Who is who is enforcing all the rules. We need our volunteers to support us in supervising what's happening. What are your thoughts on supportive supervision? I like how that goes together, supportive and supervision, because when uh, kids go through life stages and so the way you interact with a group of third graders is different than the way you interact with a group of sixth graders is different than the way you interact with a group of eighth graders is different than how you interact with preschoolers. And so we have opportunity as we're spending time with kids, as our volunteers are spending time with kids to give them supervision that supports them where they're at. So what I mean by that is like, it may be okay at camp if you kind of let your fourth graders go to free time and you have an awareness of where they're at and you're in the general area, but you don't have to go every single spot with them. Um, So you're supervising them and you're doing it in a way that supports their growth where they're at. Um, You may have the kids who you're like, I know that kid and he knows he needs me to go with him. Um, And I would say, go with that kid, you know, Um, (laughs) supervise that child. Um, But yeah, supportive supervision gives, gives kids a space to, to grow and it, helps us know what what they're doing and there's times as adult leaders where it's appropriate and good to pull back and the camp staff is going to take the kids and go yeah yeah, like that's the time go to the coffee shop and have some adult time you have to do that to be healthy uh, at least in an experience like camp um yeah so there's a good point there because we live in a culture where this idea of helicopter parenting Right, is where we hover over the kids all the time and they're never out of our sight. Sure. That is not necessarily the most conducive to their growth and maturity. However, we don't want to do the opposite and just totally be absent. Right, right. And age appropriate, right? Yeah. Like if maybe you volunteered and gone with a, a group of high schoolers. And so in that context, you might sit there at lunchtime and say, hey, great, I'll check in with you at dinner. That doesn't contextualize to kids camp. At the same time, like we don't have to be all up in their business all day either. You know, so know your kids and and find that space. But I would say it would be something for sure. If uh, talking expectations, we want our adults to expect that they're going to be involved in helping supervise a group of kids when they come to camp. And there's something in that word supervise that right. says you are an authority in right. this room. Right. And so you need to be when I think about a supervisor, I think it's, it's an overseer. It's a protector. You know, there's some things that we're expecting from them that you will supervise. Ultimately, it's a ministry opportunity. It is. Because if we're present with kids, then that's when the door opens for us to be able to have that discipling 
aspect of the relationship. But if we don't set the expectation right. that you're in charge, that right. you're an authority, we can have people in the room and chaos happening. Mm -hmm. So there is something to the expectation that you are, you are supervising what happens here and you're responsible to help me as the leader do this well. And we've got to set that expectation yeah. up front with people yes. so that we're all clear about what's our best practice and how are we going to do that. Um, and that way we're not trying to respond and set that expectation in the middle of Sunday school or lock-in or camp or whatever it is we're doing. All right. Expectation number six, prayerful preparation. Prayerful preparation. How, how important is it as we set expectations for our volunteers that we tell them we expect them to be in prayer about what we're doing? I'd say 100% critical. And, and also that we model that for them and with them you know, because we we can look at all the things we do and it's easy to get caught up in things and try to do it on our own power. But the Lord tells us that we should depend on him and trust him and walk with him. And so as as we give our ministry to the Lord in prayer and I say give it, it's already his. But yes. as as we pray for kids, as we pray with kids, as we pray for adults and pray with them, um, then we can trust the Lord with whatever the results of the ministry are. And um, so I think it also just reminds us why it is that we do what we do. You know, a, a camp trip or something that we do at our church, we, we do those things because we know the value in them. And so um, we we should prioritize the, the prayer and the ministry aspect of it so that, um, so that the main thing stays the main thing. Yeah. We tend to pray about the things that we care about, and we tend to care about the things that we pray about. And so if the expectation is, look, if you're, you, we want you to be a part of this team as a, as a volunteer, as a leader, whatever that role is. But as a part of the team, the expectation is that you're going you're gonna to pray for this ministry, and you're going to pray for these kids relationally. You're going to pray for the rest of our team for unity. Uh, as you begin to pray for things in a regular habit, you can't help but care for those things. And so I think what a great thing to ask is that we ask everyone on our team to be to be prayerful. Absolutely. So our six expectations that we want to encourage you leaders to cast for your volunteers. One, tell them right up front. And Logan, your point about that is make this all known way up front. Don't throw this out midstream. Oh, by the way, I expect this. As you're recruiting people, as you're bringing training up new members of your team and just reinforcing this for your current team, we expect these things if you're going to be here. Active engagement enthusiastic participation, relational connection, catalytic conversation, supportive supervision, and prayerful preparation. Those six expectations can go a long way for you as you recruit and develop leaders. Yeah, and a closing thought for me would be we set them as expectations, and these are aspirational things. Like yeah, that's good the, point. the point is not that we always do these perfectly, but you even brought up reminding our experience and seasoned leaders of these, it's nice to just have a check-in and say, what are we aiming to do? Because yes. when, when we aim at the target, then we know where we're going. So having some expectations and then doing everything we can to push for those. And then if we, if we get off a little bit, awesome. Let's readjust and aim at the target again and start moving in that direction. Awesome. Logan Meek, thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, man, it's great to be on the pod. Love it. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> and we love Cedric Kids and Student Life for Kids. So listeners, if you are looking for a camp experience, now is the time. Don't wait. Look for availability at centrikid.com or studentlifeforkids.com. 
and f- look for opportunities to take your kids to camp. If that's not part of what you're doing, and it one, should be. One thing I would add to, like I would say this to anybody, I share this so much and we can never share this enough. There are some like deposit deadlines that happen for um, paying deposits for camp, but there is never a point in the year where it's too late to sign up your group for camp. You can yes. always sign up your group. There, There is no time that is too late. As long as space is available, you can sign up the week of camp. We want to serve your church in that way. So if uh, if you think it's too late, it's not. Awesome. Check out those websites. Find out more about camp. Whether you do camp or not, leaders, we hope that this content is helpful to you as you set your volunteers and the people that you lead, set their expectations for how they'll serve in your ministry. Thanks for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 Podcast.